0: One of the challenging things, if I could put it this way, is that it's tough to make plans in a season in which whenever we do make them, something seems to happen to, well, to wreck them. Sometimes we get to this place in our lives where we just feel like, what's the point? Why even bother making them? Things are just going to go the way that they do. Why, why even try? I mean, it seems like there's these external forces that are more powerful than even my plan making can be. But I want us to turn back to the scriptures and have a better understanding of what it looks like to trust God when it comes to plans. Um, There's this idea that no matter how good our plan making can be, that ultimately things are just kind of, well, up in the air to and at the whim of whatever forces there are out there. Well, many of us have sometimes mixed in faith and um, in our spirituality uh, have somehow also brought in superstitions. So we tend to sometimes think that, I don't know, by, you know, wishing on a shooting star, um, you know, making a wish when you're blowing out candles, uh, knocking on wood, that these things could have just as much power and influence as actually making plans, wishing for things. Sometimes we believe that our expectations are enough to get us through. In other words, our idea that we work hard, we're gonna make our own luck, we're gonna make it happen based on everything that we're putting into it. And if we're good people, and if we care about the environment, and, and if we love pets and compost, that things are going to work out for us. That we basically have this idea that because we're good, we're going to get the good in return. And then there's this idea that God can depend and rely on this standard that he has set for us that is unchangeable a standard that he's making abundantly clear is for us to also follow and that is that there is this certainty of God being there for us this certainty of him caring for us this certainty of having a plan and a purpose for us that there is a certainty that we can wake up every day And it means something. It will mean something for someone else. That this is part of how God is going to make a difference in the world. And and this is the way that God ultimately wants us to see things, to experience things, and also to do them. And so it's very important that we have this understanding of who God is and what he is telling us so we can have clarity on what it looks like for us to make plans. The first thing I wanna tell you about making plans is that God has always had a plan, that God makes plans and uh, he makes them also for us. That wouldn't be the case, except we see the truth found in Jeremiah 29:11. Let me read it to you. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, and these are plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope And a future. Now, if we take this verse and rip it out of its context, which a lot of people have done, we are not gonna have the proper and true understanding of what this means. But this verse does tell us that God knows the plans that He has for us. And what this tells us is that God Himself has made a plan that he knows what the hope that we can have and the future that we can have is all about. And he wants to convey that to us. He wants that to be clear. The second thing is that God also tells us how important it is for us to plan. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, in this book of wisdom that was imparted from Solomon to his son, he says this, I want you to mark out a straight line path for your feet and then I want you to stick to the path and I want you to stay safe and in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 26 God tells us that it is important for us not only to believe that he has a plan but for us to make a plan and to also stick to it and then the third thing that God tells us and this is really foundational is that God does not want us to waste our life and Every moment is so precious, we don't get those back. Every moment means that if we don't use it with intentionality and purpose, that we can sometimes miss out on the very plans that God has for us. And that's why in Ephesians, in chapter 5, and in verse 15 to 17, listen to these words. It says, be careful how you live. The Lord doesn't want you to live like fools. He wants you to live like those who are wise. He wants you to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So I don't want you to act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And there we have it. God is telling us that he wants us to understand what it is that he has planned for us. Now because he has let us know this, it is, is it foundational for us to, to take the next steps? Absolutely, because we don't want to waste a moment. I want to tell you the story of someone who had been taken into captivity. His name was Nehemiah, and he was at the service of the king. And he was his cupbearer, which means that he had the riskiest job in the kingdom. He had to taste the food and drink the beverages before they were served to the king. It meant that he had to also pay attention to its preparation. So he wasn't just like hoping things had been taken care of properly, that no one had poisoned the food or the beverages, but he was directly involved in every step so to ensure the safety of the king. That even if the effects were not immediate, once he had tasted and drank the beverage and eaten of the food, that the king wasn't somehow compromised later. And so Nehemiah had a very important job, and he was really trusted by the king. And the Bible tells us that Nehemiah was someone who continued to pray for his hometown, for, his, for Jerusalem. He was praying for his nation, even though he found himself in another one. He was still praying to his king, even though he was under the service of another king. He knew that even though he lived in a time and in a place that was not where he wanted to be, he still did his job and did it to the best of his ability. He honored his king while still praying to the one true king. And the Israelites knew that their king was God. They knew the story of how their king had been selected and how their kings needed to be under the one true king. They knew that they were always waiting for the Messiah, the promised one. This story was something that they were all well versed in. And so it was no different for Nehemiah. And every day he would pray. And he would pray that his city would be rebuilt, that the walls would be rebuilt, that the temple would be reestablished, the sacrifices would begin once again, that the worship of the one true God would once again take place. And I'll think about this for a moment. Like Nehemiah had a job to do and it was an important one he had a king to serve and it wasn't the king he wanted to serve but it was the king that he had to serve and he every day chose to serve and chose to serve faithfully but his heart was someplace else and and, and he had a burden and he had a purpose that he knew went beyond the palace in which he was in Now think about your own life and and how you live out that life every day and how you feel like you're always serving somebody else but not yourself, how you're at the whim of another king but it's not your one true king, that you're living in a kingdom that is really not your home, that you're sometimes even forced to do things that are not what you are passionate about. and and i want you to realize that that you're not the only one who's had to go through this and then that in the scriptures nehemiah is one of those people and then nehemiah does something he he ends up praying and he ends up asking god for his favor And, and he does that because he knows that even though he's not exactly where he'd like to be he's where he has to be but for things to change he knows that he has to keep asking the one Who truly has the power over all plans? Over the plans of King, over the plans over Nehemiah, over the plans of Babylon, or over the plans over Jerusalem. It doesn't matter. God is the one who has the last word on those plans. And so Nehemiah, in chapter 1, in verse 11, says this, O Lord, please hear my prayer. And then he adds, And listen to the prayers of all your servants who love to honor you. And he does something here, which I think sometimes we don't do. We don't call on the prayers of others who are also praying. He doesn't just say, listen to my prayer, but he says, listen to the prayer of all those who are praying too. Now, he doesn't know who they are, but he knows that there are people who are praying. I don't know everybody who's praying, but I know that people are praying. And I know that sometimes they're praying with words that are spoken, and I know that sometimes they are prayed with just groanings of the Spirit. That, the, that God, through Jesus Christ, is interpreting and is bringing to the throne room of God. And I know that we can do both of those things. We can pray, but we can also count on the prayers that are being offered. Because we're not alone. You see, God wants his plans to succeed, and he wants your plans to succeed. God is not just a God who makes plans, God is a God who has people under him, who love him, who are willingly praying to him, serving him, who want to fulfill the plans of God. And so what Nehemiah is saying is that I am one of those people. I want to be someone who fulfills your plans. I don't want to just have plans, I want to fulfill your plans. I don't want to just make plans, but I want to be a part of those plans, and I'm going to join with others who are praying in the same way. God use me. Any way that you would like, use me. Put me to work. Put me in the center of your plan. Help me to do what it is that you want me to do. And so Nehemiah is doing something here. Nehemiah is praying, but he's also asking for God's favor because then the next words he says are this give your servant success today by granting him favor in the king's presence and in those days I was the king's wine and food steward he asked for God's favor I don't know about you, but I don't always go around asking for God's favor, but I'm doing it a whole lot more today than I ever have now that I better understand what that means. You see, you don't just ask for God's favor without making yourself a servant of the Almighty God. You could put yourself at the service of God and ask for His favor, but what a lot of people do is that they just ask for God's favor without ever putting themselves at His service. And see, Nehemiah, he was at the service of an earthly king, but he knew he was truly at the service of his heavenly father and king. And so he put himself at the service of his king and then asked for his favor. I don't know if you're going through your life making plans and asking God for his favor, but then not putting yourself at his service. See, put yourself at his service. Humble yourself before Him. Ask God to reveal what His plans are for your life. Ask God to show you what your next steps are. Ask God to put you at the center of His plans for your life. And then, and then, ask for His success. Then ask for His favor. Then believe and trust God for that favor. And we do it the other way around. We make plans and we ask God to bless them we make plans and we ask god for his favor we make plans and we hope they work out and then when they don't we're so hurt and disappointed that god hasn't come through for us but what nehemiah does is that every day he prays and you know what happened while he was praying while he was serving another king while he was taking care of his food and his beverages god gave him a burden to see the walls of jerusalem rebuilt he put him at the center of his plan he said nehemiah I mean, you're here, but where I want you to be is there. And I'm going to give you the burden that you didn't have when you first started doing this job. I'm going to give you a plan and a purpose and I'm going to help you to do it. And so Nehemiah starts to believe in that plan and that purpose. He believes in it like, like nothing else. And, and he knows that it's not going to be easy to get to make this move. He's not, he's not, how's he going to get out of this job? How's he going to get out of this kingdom? How's he going to get away from this king? But God knows that it has to start with a burden. Let me ask you something. What, what is truly burdening you? What, what, what burden has God put on your heart? I mean, every day I think is a blessing, and, and living life can be so good. It, it can be so much fun and living for ourselves can be meaningful and, and enriching and the experiences that we seek out i really believe that that god has made all those things available to us especially if they do not bring us down into the gutter spiritually but i also know that god wants to lay a burden and a purpose and a plan on our lives And whether we're single or married or somewhere in between, whether we have things figured out or we're still trying to figure it out, whether things are clear or unclear, whether we know a little bit or we know a lot more and and, and maybe are just struggling with implementation, whatever it is, God wants you to know this today, that you are not going to succeed unless you have God's favor. And you're not going to know what to ask God's favor for unless you know what his plan is for your life. And the only way to discover what his plan is for your life is for you to ask. And, and the weird thing is, is that, you know, some of us may measure ourselves against other people and say, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to hear from God. You know, I'm not going to know like other people know. Before they've even started, they've already put themselves down. Before they've even started, they've already decided that that God isn't going to be able to get through. Before they've even tried, they already believe that because maybe they did try a little bit before, that somehow God is not going to be able to make his plans clear. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that God wants to do more than make his plans clear for your life. There is nothing that is more important for him than for you to know what his plans are for you in your life and how you're doing life. There is nothing more important to God. God isn't just a God who makes plans. He's a God who reveals them. And what he's looking for is for people who are just as interested in knowing what those plans are. So this is what you got to do. You've got to open up yourself to God. You've got to open up your life and your heart to him. And you've got to turn your attention to God. And you've got to say, God, I want you to make your plans known. Hey, I can be tough to reach. I can be so distracted. I can be so sinful. My mind, my mind can be preoccupied with the wrong things. There are going to be days, God, where I'm going to be focused in on you. But most of the time, I'm probably not. Lord, you can be honest with God. Have you ever tried that, being truly honest with God? Like just bearing your soul with him, just letting him know exactly what he has to work with. Most of the people in the Bible that God uses were people nobody would have chosen. That's the whole point. God is using the most broken people, the people who are furthest from being perfect to show us that not only do we have a chance, but that we are the ones that God has chosen today to know his plans and to put them into effect. You are exactly who God needs. And there's nothing about you that he doesn't know and nothing about you that he's not already well versed in in terms of what it is that tends to trip you up so listen to this nehemiah does a second thing he doesn't just pray and ask for favor but nehemiah prepares for an opportunity and then waits And you see, while we're waiting for God to do something, we need to be preparing. We need to be working on it too. We're not just supposed to sit back and just wait for God to do it. We've got to be making plans and we've got to be preparing. We've got to be doing what we can on our part and we've got to be vigilant for what God is going to show us next. And so what Nehemiah does It tells us in chapter 2 in verse 1, it says that four months later when king was dining, he says, I took the wine to him. When the king was dining, I took the wine to him. Now wait a second, I thought that he always took the wine. I thought that was his job. Apparently not. This verse tells me something about being a wine steward that I didn't understand before. So someone else took the wine in. He just needed to make sure that it was good wine and it wasn't poisoned. And I don't know why it took four months, but there's something in that preparation that every day... Nehemiah had to turn to God and ask, God, is this the day that I bring the wine to the king? Is this the day that I bring up the subject? Is this the day that I go to the king? Four months. That might not seem like a long time, but if you ever had to wait even 15 minutes or let's be honest one minute at the at the microwave is torture for me (laughs) I don't even wait for the last few seconds to expire I open the door I I say it's enough so four months and I know this is true for you too four months can feel like a long time It, it is a long time depending on what you're waiting for especially if you're waiting for a package that you ordered in November and you're only going to get it sometime in April. That's a long time to wait for something, even if it's coming from China. (laughs) Nobody likes to wait. And so four months went by and every day Nehemiah went before God and asked him, God, is today the day that I bring him the wine? Now, what is he waiting for? He's waiting for God to do something in the king's heart. Because he knows that there's something he needs to ask. And if he asks it at the wrong time, in the wrong way, with the wrong words, the whole plan falls apart. Now think about that. Timing matters. Timing matters. And what God is telling us is that I may ask you to wait four months, but every day you can come to me and ask me, is today the day? that you act so so what is Nehemiah doing Nehemiah is asking God for his timeline now when I make plans let's, I'm going to be honest with you I do not always ask God for his timeline uh, in fact I made plans for a budget in 2020 for 2021 thinking there would never be a pandemic I was, I was taken by surprise. I don't know, maybe you guys knew it was coming. I didn't. And then in 2021, I, I was making plans for 2022. And I was making plans for what it would look like for us as a church to be in January. This is not what I imagined. <laughs> this is not what I pictured. This is not what myself and the overseers prayed about and when we asked God to help us to put together a plan we did not see this in the plan we didn't but we still made plans and I want you to know that even when you are making plans and they are not working out and even when you're planning for the future and the future looks nothing like you envisioned That every day we still have a responsibility to go before God and ask him, Lord, is today the day? What does it look like for us to fulfill your plan? And if we're going to have to wait a few more months for this plan to come and be the plan that we're all going to follow, then that's okay. We're going to submit this to you. We're going to surrender this to you. We're going to come before you again and pray one more time. And we're going to ask you, God, for favor. We're going to ask you for success. Because right now, we're not experiencing it. Not the way that we thought. Not the way that we envisioned it. So you go back to God, and you go back to a place of prayer. And you go back to a place where you can ask God for his favor and back to a place where you can ask for his success in your plans. Can we say amen to that? God can still do that. He can still do that for you, even when things don't work out. But the thing about this story is that Nehemiah really believes he's only got one shot, and he's right. And he senses this. It's got to be the right moment. It's got to be asked at the right time. And the day finally comes four months later and Nehemiah is telling us the story of how he's finally going to go in to speak to the king. And the Bible tells us that when he goes in, he brings him the wine. And the thing that the king notices about Nehemiah is that his face is different. There's something different about him. And he asks him, Nehemiah, is everything okay? And he says this in verse 1 and 2. He had never seen me look this sad before. So he asks, why are you so sad? Your heart must be troubled. That made me, look at this, very afraid. And to me, it kind of just shocks me because I thought this was the moment, right? Nehemiah got it. He understood God wanted him to go into his presence. But the day he goes in, it's it's like at his low. It's at his lowest of lows. Even the king says, I've never seen you look so sad. Uh, You've never been so sad ever. I've never seen you look this bad. Come on, doesn't it sound like the plan is already falling apart? Like, don't you think Nehemiah should have come in skipping, you know, with the cup? (laughs) You should have had like an entourage of people making the king happy, just setting the tone. You know, not only do I feel amazing, but we all feel amazing. I want you to feel amazing. So when you hear my good news, when you hear what is on my heart, you're gonna come back and you're gonna say, Nehemiah, you go for it. That's what what I would think would be the proper setting for something like this. You don't want to go in when you're feeling low. You want to go in when you're feeling high. You want to go in when you're feeling bold. You want to go in when you're confident. When you've got your elevator pitch perfect. When someone asks you, hey, what's the plan? You've got it in 30 words or less. And everybody gets it in the room and everybody shouts, yes! That's what you want to happen. What happens to Nehemiah is the complete opposite. Four months later, and he couldn't feel worse. It's on his face, he can't hide it. There isn't a time that according to everything that we know about telling somebody something and trying to get a result, shouldn't happen the way that it's happening. And what happens in the story is that Nehemiah goes in when nobody has the right to go in anywhere. Nehemiah, when you feel like this, do us all a favor, stay home. Life is hard enough, bro. We don't need to see your sad face around here. You're bringing everybody down, dude. Like, really. Life is hard enough. Please, go somewhere else. You think the king wants to look at his sorry face, his sad face, and say, I've never seen you look sadder, Nehemiah. Thanks for coming today. I'm so glad that you're here. Unburden yourself because that's my job as your king, to listen to you. No, this is not what is supposed to be happening in this moment. And so what Nehemiah does is that he is acting and moving and going and doing what God wants him to do where he wants him to be at the time he has it designated for him so none of this feels right to nehemiah but it's the time that god has chosen and after four months nehemiah goes in and speaks to the king and the king says what nehemiah is already feeling nehemiah is like this is not a good day if there was ever a day god this is not it I am not prepared to go and see the king. Today is not the day that I want to go in and share these news. I don't feel good, you know? I'm I'm feeling symptoms of COVID right now. This is no good. I've got foggy brain, I've got a leaky nose. You know, I've got chest palpitations. I've got whatever's going on. I got shivers and pains. Today's not a day that I want to go in and tell anybody what the plan is. But he goes because that's the day that God has appointed. And and, and how important is that to you? To go past the way you're feeling, to go past the way that you see things, and obey the God who is telling you right now is the time that you need to go. Right now is the moment that you need to go and tell the king. Wow. And Nehemiah obeys. Four months of waiting and God picks the worst day possible. On a day where Nehemiah wasn't feeling it. (laughs) On a day where he didn't have a chance to even like just muster the strength to look different. But he went in and he gave him that cup. And the king asks. And because the king asks There's something that happens next to Nehemiah that I think all of us can understand. He became very afraid. Uh, I don't know exactly why. The text doesn't tell us. I wish it did. I wish it gave me clarity and understanding why Nehemiah was really afraid. There's something that happens when we are out of our comfort zone and doing something in a time and in a place and in a way that we are totally unprepared for. I think all of us in that moment can feel fear. But the Bible says that he was very afraid. And I think he knew that the conditions weren't right for the outcome that he was hoping for. And he also knew that this could be the moment where he could lose his life because the king had that much power that it wasn't just a plan that could die it was Nehemiah that could die I mean to feel this kind of fear you're not just fearing your plan dies you're fearing that you die I see videos of people doing extreme stunts all the time I just watched one the other day where someone in a squirrel suit in a flying suit you know, jumps out of a plane, and then jumps back in. i was like, what? That was like crazy. Not only is it dangerous to, to fly in one of those things, but to fly out of a plane and then to fly back into it, it was unbelievable. i would never seen anything like that. I've seen people who were defying gravity in ways that I didn't even think were possible. And I imagined that they had fear to overcome because they believed that their life was coming to an end. When I think of what we've been through this past year, I think there have been things that have made it difficult for us to have faith, and there have been a lot of things that have shown up in our lives to show us fear. And I bet there's been moments in your life where you've been like Nehemiah, very afraid. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 16, that a wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't and even brags about it. And there was something about what Nehemiah did by obeying God is that he had a plan that one day he would bring the cup in. It just wasn't that day. He wasn't prepared for it. And not only was he super sad, well, let's be honest, he was depressed. He was depressed. He was at the lowest of lows, but he had fear, a great sense of fear attached to it as well. Not only was he depressed, but he was afraid. And the Bible says that the combination of those two things together creates an environment where you are not going to be successful where the plan 100% is most likely not gonna work. I've never heard someone come to me and describe to me in my 30 years of being a pastor, that there was a day, pastor, where I was not only depressed and afraid, and my plans came together like never before. It just doesn't happen. But yet, here's a moment in which Nehemiah is not only sad and depressed, but he's afraid. And this is the moment that God has chosen to change everything. And I want you to know that this is important, guys, for us. This is important for us, girls. This is important for us. That it isn't the moment that we feel great, or it isn't the moment where we feel that we are at our lowest, but it is the moment that God has appointed according to his plan, that is going to bring us that success. It is gonna bring us that favor. It's gonna change everything for us. It's gonna change everything for you. Nehemiah was very afraid but it didn't stop him from going to see the king. Nehemiah was very sad and very depressed, but it didn't stop him from going to see the king. Nehemiah had everything working against him, but it didn't stop him from believing that God was still with him, that God had given him favor, that God would give him success because God had already given him a plan and a purpose He had given him a burden, and he knew that when God said to go, that the only thing he needed to go, no matter what shape he was in, was go. And when he would and when he did, God gave him success. Can we say amen to that? God did it. God did it. Not when he expected it, but God did it. Not when he was feeling great, but God did it. Not when Everything was working the way that he wanted, but on a day in which it wasn't. And so surrender your life to God right now. Surrender yourself fully to him. Give yourself entirely to the Lord and let him show you what his burden is for your life, what his plan and purpose is for your life. Give yourself over to him right now and say, God... I don't want to be just depressed, I don't want to be just afraid, but I want to be depressed and afraid if I know what your plan is, and I want to go in in the moment that you give me so that I can just do what I've got to do so I can see the success that you've given me, that you're going to go beyond me, and then you're going to do exactly what it is that you have purposed for my life and for the blessing of so many others. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5, it says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts are always going to lead to poverty. And When we try to get a shortcut to where we want to be, God is saying, that's not the way you're going to get favor. That's not the way you're going to have success. It's going to be by me giving it to you. We want God's favor. We want his success. We wanna act on his day, on his timing. We don't wanna look at ourselves and say, today's a good day or a bad day. We just wanna be in tune with when he says, today's the day. This is the moment. Set out and do it. Go to where I have chosen you to go. Say what I have told you to say. Do what I'm asking you to do. And I know that God will give us the favor and the success that we need. And so Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this gathering, for this word. I pray that it blesses us and encourages us and puts us on the right path to that success that you so desire us to have, the favor that you want us to experience. I thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you plan to do for us in this new year. And I pray that even as we make plans, that we would surrender our lives and our plans to you, Lord, and ask that you would bless and give us your favor so we can experience your success you see all these loved ones and dear ones you see who they are and what they need the clarity that they seek you see how they're feeling today you see how they're encouraged or even discouraged how they're filled with fear or with courage and strength you see it all lord and i pray father that the boldness we would have would be a boldness that would come from you. Just like I pray, Lord, that the confidence we would have would be because of the favor that we believe is upon our lives from you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.